Okay, good morning. Great to see you all here this morning. My name is Dave. I'm the lead pastor here at Connect Church. So if you are visiting for the very first time or if you've uh, just started coming recently, it's great to see you here this morning. Um, you saw that little kind of video promo there. Uh, it came up with the word circles. So here at Connect, we like to, uh, when we teach, uh, is teaching kind of a series. So we'll go for sometimes three or four weeks at a time um, on a subject and we'll use a, a theme to teach that subject. And the subject we're on right now is called Circles. And I'm going to unpack that a little bit more here in just a second. But just to kind of set you up for where I'm going today uh, and what I want to speak about this morning, how many of you have heard of the uh, website uh, that's online there called Awkward Family Photos? Anyone, yep, heard of that? Anyone been on that? Anyone uh, actually featured on that? Maybe I've got a celebrity here in the house this morning who's like, yep, our family, we made it. Um, I hope you've not been on there because as you're about to see, these are some of the uh, wonderful people who did make it onto awkwardfamilyphotos.com. There's this family right here. Wonderful, all matching shirts there. And I know every one of those kids probably grew up and looked at that picture and thought, Mom, Dad. What were you thinking? <laughs> Just not a good idea. It's good to match, but not exactly. But apparently they got the idea from another family who uh, it looks like maybe a few years before had the same idea. Uh, yes. Yeah. Great outfits right there. Let's just hope that was back in the 70s and not just recently. Uh, at least you could kind of say, okay, that, that era, that may have looked good. Um, but sometimes it's not the outfits. Um, you know, again, these kids pretty grew up and said, Mom, Dad, you let me wear that? But maybe the kids are going to say, Mom, Dad, you let me wear my hair like that? Check out this family. But uh, why wouldn't the kid wear his hair like that? Look at Mom and Dad. I mean, you want to all fit in and all look the same. So, well, this, this family here is uh, why I'm teaching this particular series called Circles. Because you see, Circles is a series about the importance of small groups. And this right here is why you need a circle of friends. We all need friends who will tell us the truth. We all need friends who will say, dude, cut your kid's hair. Seriously, this, this is, although I'm not sure anyone's telling dad anything because he is just, hey, he is a happy guy right there. You see, we're in this second week of this series called Circles. And in this series, we've been talking about the idea uh, of small groups. And the reason we use the word circles is because we love rows here at Connect Church. This morning, you are all sat very neatly in some wonderful spaced out rows here. And rows are great. Rows means I can see you, you can see me. Uh, we can take communion, take offering, and everything moves nice and smoothly. But as much as we like rows, we happen to love circles. Because we believe that there are some things that happen better in circles than in rows. And we talked a little bit about that last week as we kicked off this series. Last week we were talking about the idea of, of some of the things that can happen in circles. Here at Connect, we have small groups that meet outside of our Sunday mornings. Some of them meet in people's homes and others will meet um, at coffee bars or places in the community. Some are all guys, some are girls, some are families. But these circles, these small groups, they happen outside of a Sunday morning and they're a place where people can connect. And especially if they're exploring their faith or they want to go deeper in their relationship with God, their spiritual journey, these circles are a good place to, to be able to have those conversations. In fact, last week we looked at some things that happen much better in circles than in rows. 
We talked about the idea that spiritual and emotional growth can happen more effectively in a circle than it can in a row. It's great to see people here on a Sunday morning and there is some spiritual growth that takes place. But in that environment where there's interaction with one another, it happens more effectively. Another thing is that physical needs are met more frequently in circles than rows. We don't know what each other's physical needs are this morning. There could be someone here who's in need of help in a certain area, and because all we see is the back of their head, we wouldn't know that. But in circles, we get to hear about one another's situations, we get to hear of physical needs, and we can step up and help. We even talked last week and said that missional engagement happens in circles as well as rows. So the mission here at Connect Church, our mission, is that we want to reach people that don't yet know Jesus. We believe there are people in our community who don't have a home church of their own, maybe don't have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you're here this morning just kind of checking it out and you're not really sure what you think about all of this. Well, we're so glad you're here because we want to share this message. We want to share about the life of Jesus and the impact that he's had on so many of us. That's our mission. But we believe even that mission can happen in circles. That people can be in groups and they can learn more about Jesus and, the, and how he's playing a part in every one of our lives. So if it were the case that circles are better than rows, then why aren't we all in circles? Why aren't every one of us jumping into circles saying, I'm going to be here and I'm going to be here? Well, I think it's because there are obstacles in our way. We're going to look at a few of those obstacles here this morning. I think there are obstacles that stop us moving from rows into circles. And like I said earlier, please don't misunderstand. I love that you're here this morning. I think Sunday mornings are a great time to come and to sing and to worship God, to, to sit and listen and hear something from the Bible. But like I said, although I like rows, I love circles. So what are some of those obstacles that prevent us moving more into circles? I think one of them is busyness. Busyness. We just get so busy, don't we, with our lives. In fact, some of you are sitting here now thinking, Dave, I, it's, it, Sundays, it's, like, it's hard just to get to here, but during the week, we are so busy to add another night or another activity during the week where I've got to go and meet with some people. I just don't know how I could do that. My life is so busy. In fact, if you've been watching TV at all over the last couple of weeks, you'll have seen a commercial. I think it's for the new Samsung phone, and there's an actor by the name of Christopher Waltz, and, and he talks about how busy we are. Have you seen this commercial? He's like, you Americans, he's German, he says, you Americans, you're so busy, and he's talking about how busy we are and how great it is to be busy, because we wouldn't have accomplished some of the things we've, we've accomplished as Americans were we not as busy as we are, and this phone will help you survive in your busy lives. But the truth is that sometimes we get so busy that we crowd out things in our life that are good for us. Relationships with others. Time to slow down and stop and, and build that community. I think as well as busyness being an obstacle, I think for some, fear is an obstacle. There's that idea of, man, I, I like coming on a Sunday. I like the anonymity. I like sitting in a row where I haven't got to kind of share what's going on. That's kind of scary to think of sitting in a circle with some people and having to kind of unpack some things that are going on in my life. I'm not sure I'm ready to do that. That's kind of a little bit scary. I get that. Fear can be an obstacle. You know, there's another obstacle as well as busyness and fear, and I think that's just tiredness. 
We're just exhausted. Some of us work very hard all through the day and we get home and just the idea of going out that evening for a small group or meeting up with some friends to, to study the Bible and just think, man, I'm just, I'm exhausted. Maybe you're more of an introvert here this morning and just thinking about getting into a group of people is making you tired. You feel like, oh, I just don't know if I can get around those people and talk and, and open up that way. But I think if we give in to these obstacles, we're going to miss out on something. Because I think circles are better than rows. I actually think we were made for circles. There's an author by the name of uh, Dr. Gilbert Bilzikian. He wrote a book called Community 101. And he talks about our makeup. He says that the silence churning at the core of our beings is the tormenting need to know and be known. To understand and to, to be understood. To possess and to be possessed. To belong unconditionally and forever without fear of loss, betrayal, or rejection. He's saying it's like we've got this inward part in our makeup that just wants community. You could be an introvert or an extrovert. And we all have that inner desire to want to connect with others. I personally believe that God made us that way. That God created us to be in community with one another. And even though we may be busy or fearful at times or tired, that actually it is good for us to find those circles. You see, I don't think you can truly be known in a row. I don't think you can be fully understood in a row. I don't think you can even be deeply loved in a row. These kind of things will only happen in relationship with others in circles. So to talk a little bit more about this this morning, I'm going to um, look to a, a guy in the Bible who was one of the wisest men ever to have lived, a guy by the name of Solomon. We're going to hear what he had to say on this subject of circles being better than rows this morning. And I love this. I love that this man lived thousands of years ago, but his writings are still as relevant to us today as they were all that time ago. Now, if you're not familiar with Solomon, he was the son of King David. Maybe you remember David and Goliath. Well, David went on to become the king of Israel. And finally, at the end of his life, he dies. And his son Solomon takes over and becomes the king of Israel. Has to step into his dad's very big shoes. And there's a great story that's told of a time when he's praying to God and Solomon's talking to God and, and God says, okay, you're about to become the king of all of Israel. You're about to take over from your son, David. What is your request? What would you request of me, God? And if it were me or if it were you, maybe we'd think, well, if I'm going to be king, I want some power. I want people to listen to me. I want to conquer my enemies. I mean, there are a lot of things that Solomon could have asked for from God. But do you know what he asked for? He asked God for wisdom. He said, God, above everything else, I just want wisdom. If you're a leader here this morning, maybe that's a prayer you pray. You sense that burden of leadership in your life, and you're saying, God, I, I just want wisdom to be able to lead the best way that I can. Well, God liked that answer. He blessed Solomon, not just with wisdom, but with far more, with power and wealth and influence in that area. And we're fortunate because thousands of years later, we still get to tap into the wisdom of Solomon. He wrote some wonderful books in the Bible. He wrote Proverbs that's full of wisdom. He also wrote another book called Ecclesiastes that just kind of talks about life. And I can still read it today and think, man, this is as applicable today as it was all those years ago when Solomon wrote it. And in that book of Ecclesiastes, he talks about circles. He talks about relationships. He talks about the idea that God has created us to be in community with one another. 
Let's listen this morning to what he has to say in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 10. He says, Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Someone who falls alone is in real trouble. You know, last week we were talking about some of the benefits of being a part of a circle. Some of the things you can get when you're in a circle. Well, this morning, using the words of Solomon here, I want to talk about some of the the negatives of not being a part of a circle. Some of the dangers of, of not being in a circle, just existing in rows. The first of those dangers is that circles help us when we fall. That's what Solomon is saying here. He's saying it's circles, community helps you when you fall. In all his wisdom, he's saying it's not good to fall alone. He wants us to know this morning, it's not good to fall alone. Now these people, they may disagree with Solomon. Check this out. Joey! Yeah, yeah, yeah! the pain, can't you? Like, what am I, what do I do? It's all gone wrong. I felt like after two weeks of Olympic athletes, we need to balance it out a little bit and just show uh, the other extreme there. Now, that group of individuals may tell you it would have been good to fall alone. I wish no one had seen what just happened, and at least I wish they hadn't had their camera with them at the time. But when Solomon says it's not good to fall alone, this isn't what he's talking about. What Solomon's talking about is those times in our life when when something happens, when disaster strikes. Because have you ever seen what it's like when someone falls and they're alone? Maybe it was a financial fall. Maybe a crisis hit and they they were struck, but there was no one to help them. It could have been a relational fall. Maybe a marriage was in trouble. Tensions were high and and there was no one that the, the husband or the wife could turn to for help. It could be a physical fall. It could be health. Maybe a health situation just suddenly appears and and their health deteriorates, sickness hits, and and there's nowhere for this person to turn. You know, as a pastor, sadly, I see this a lot. 
Often when this thing happens, I'll, I'll get a call or an email. Someone's having a financial, relational, physical, whatever it may be, I'll, I'll be contacted. And very often my first question to the person in need at that time is, are you a part of a small group? And I normally know the answer to that question because the reality is if they were, they probably wouldn't be calling me. But they found themselves in a place where there is, there's no one that they can turn to. And while I love to be able to help, and I want to help in whatever way I can, and we've got some great leaders here at Connect that we can put people in touch with who can help, the reality is that because we don't have that connection, and because we can't be a part of everyone's circles, we will never be able to help in the way that a, a circle or a small group could help that particular person. Because it's not good to fall alone. Circles help you when you fall. In fact, circles help you in this way. I, I, they, they create an environment, a community, where you get to meet these people who I call your 3 a.m. people. I wonder if you've got a 3 a.m. person. This is the person who, when you hit that tough time, when you're going through that struggle, and it's 3 o'clock in the morning, and there's an emergency, who do you call? Do you have someone who you can call at that moment? You know, according to the American Sociological Review, the answer for most of us is no. They brought out a study that said one in four people say they don't have a close confidant they can speak to. 25% of the people they spoke to didn't have one person that they could talk to. Another 20% said that they just had one person. They could only think of one person. So if that's the hold for us here this morning, that's almost 50% of us that would have no one or maybe just one person that we could really confide in, someone that we could turn to in times of troubles. And the truth is that sitting in rows will do that. Sitting in rows isn't going to change that. The only way to really change that is to look for an environment, look for a circle to be a part of. And yet, as I'm talking about this morning, very often, these obstacles get in the way and we don't find ourselves in circles. Why is that? Well, I think I know one of the reasons. And here at Connects, we're actually already trying to correct that. Because I think one of the reasons can be best summed up in this illustration. You know, I've been glued to the TV the last couple of weeks. I've loved watching the Olympics. There are sports I'd never heard of, and now I'm just a big fan of them. I'm like, this is amazing. Fencing, awesome. And I'm watching all sorts of different athletes from all sorts of different countries competing. And what I found is as I'm watching, I found myself thinking, I want to do that. That would be cool. I mean, I, I've got a bike. I want to ride in a velodrome. I don't even know what a velodrome is, but I want to ride around. They look really cool. Trampolining. I could trampoline. I could do that as an Olympic sport. Fencing. I mean, I'm looking at these thinking, I want to give this a try. The reality is, I wish the Olympic Committee would let me try. Because then it would really kind of sum up what uh, Bill Murray said uh, in the middle of the Olympics. He, he put this comment out on Twitter. He says, every Olympic event should include one average person competing for reference. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. I think when they're swimming in the 100-meter final, I need to be in the pool splashing around as well. Just so you can say, wow, look how fast Phelps is. Because look at Dave splashing around in the middle there. He really is fast. But the truth is, if I was to take on any of these sports, this, it's highly unlikely that four years from now, I'll be competing in the Olympics. Because all these athletes that you've been watching for the last two weeks, do you know when they started in their sports? They started when they were very young. 
When they were just kids, they were learning to swim. They were learning to do gymnastics. All these different um, sports they were doing all started at a very early age. In fact, did you see this picture? This picture kind of circulated a little bit this week. This is a little nine-year-old girl getting her hero, Michael Phelps's autograph. It was 10 years ago. And 10 years later, that little nine-year-old girl, Katie Ledecky, is winning medal after medal after medal for the Olympics and stands now on the cover of Time magazine with this guy. She competed on the same team as him. But at nine years old, she already had her eyes set on what she wanted to do in the future. I love that, that the kids this week are watching the Olympics thinking, man, I, that inspires me. I want to do that. And the truth is, that's when it's got to happen. That fire has got to start when those kids are young, if they're ever going to make it to be an Olympic athlete. So when it comes to circles, we here at Connect, we think they're so important that right now, next door, our kids, if you came with kids this morning, along this hall here, across there, they're meeting in circles. They'll have a large group setting where they'll gather and uh, they'll have some singing and then someone will teach a Bible story, but then they'll spread them out and the second graders will sit together on one rug and the third graders will sit here and there'll be a small group leader that knows their name, that sees them on a regular basis, who'll say, hey, Emma, hey, uh, Landon, it's great to see you. And they'll sit there on those rugs and they'll talk to them and ask about their weeks. And then later in the week, our Connect youth group, our middle schoolers and high schoolers, they'll meet together and they too have small groups that they meet with and small group leaders that know their names and know about their life situations. So these kids are growing up from a very early age seeing the benefit of being a part of a circle. And they love it. It's making a difference in their life. In fact, over, these last, uh, over this last week, we started talking to some of the kids and teens, middle schoolers at Connect Church who are a part of our groups and are in these circles to see what they enjoyed about their small groups and their small group leaders. And, the, and they told us. Check it out. My name is Avery. My small group leaders are Lauren and Logan. Um, they're fun. They spend a lot of time with all the kids and not just one person. Logan's really funny. He draws a lot of silly pictures. And Lauren is also funny, and she's really nice. Okay, my name is Nathan Mann. Uh, my small group leader's name was Mr. Mike. Uh, Mr. Mike was always very helpful and funny, and, and um, he was always making kids, making sure they were doing what they were supposed to be doing, paying attention but he, he was a pretty great guy. Ava Sidney. And then my small group leaders are Mandy and Josh. They're fun and nice. My name is Betty. My small group leader is Miss Haley. Mm -hmm. She is nice. My name is Eli. My small group leader's name is David. He's pretty fun to have as a small group leader. My name is Emma. My small group leader's name is Mr. J. He's nice and uh, he's really funny. My name is Lucas Price and my small group leader was Mr. Mike. He always put something into it to make it entertaining. Like even if he dressed up as Drake Rockwell from Man vs. Wild or danced and it, it was just really fun. My name is Paige, and my small group leaders are Mandy and Josh, and they are, they're really fun and nice. 
When I have bad days, they're always there and I can talk to them about it. Probably my most favorite thing is that Bean Boozled, where you gotta remember the memory verse about like um, Jesus and God. And um, if you didn't get it right, then they made you eat a jelly bean and either, like it's gonna either be toothpaste or berry blue or barf or like green pear or something, juicy pear. That was, that was fun. We do a lot of fun activities, like, and some science experiments kind of things. <laughs> and um, we usually do um, read a Bible verse and then we say the prayer. And we learn about Jesus. We talk about, like, the story that we learned, and we talk about, we always pray, and we talk about how to make, like, life better. They were like presents and had these cards on them that were small, like the uh, verses, and we stacked them to try to make the verse. When we do like the small group things, we talk about how to make life better and what we can do to help other people. Like uh, they had these uh, white card things with words on them that were our memory verse and we would see how fast we could do it. It was fun just to know the group of guys there. Um, we all seemed to get along. We do fun activities every week. Like one time we wrote um, our worries on a balloon and then we would pop the balloon. We learned that our worries don't matter and God will always help you. Isn't that awesome to hear the kids talking about it and their wonderful small groups, teaching their leaders, telling them about the memory verses about God and Jesus and stuff. <laughs> but just Emma at the end there, that was my daughter was the last one, and uh, she's like, we had a balloon and we wrote our worries on it, and then we learned that God wants to get rid of our worries, so we popped the balloons. And I'm like, I spent hours preparing this each week. I could just give you a balloon. I mean, obviously, that's, that's great. It's just great teaching right there. But, you know, every one of the kids, as we were talking to them, the, the great thing was, not only were they talking about what they learned and um, why they enjoyed it, but every one of them, without fail, when they were asked their small group leader's name, they said, Haley, or Logan, or Mr. J, or Mr. Mike. They, they knew who their small group leaders were. You know, we are so blessed here at Connect. So our small group leaders are moms and dads. We have teenagers and, and high schoolers and middle schoolers who are junior leaders who are getting to see God use them, pour into the next generation. But the great thing is that as these kids grow up and then they go into youth group and, and they see small groups and circles in the youth group environment as well, it's, it's becoming kind of the norm for them. In fact, if you're a parent here this morning, it'll come as no surprise to you that, that as teenagers, our kids are going to go through difficult times. There'll be times where they'll struggle with things at school, maybe things at home, just thoughts of their own. And, and sometimes it's going to be hard for them to talk to you about that. I loved what one of the little girls said. She said, I love Mandy and um, Josh. They're my small group leaders in Connect Youth. And when I've been having a rough time, I can talk to them about it. I love that my own kids are in Connect Kids and Connect Youth and knowing that when they're having a rough time that there's an adult or there's a leader who'll speak into their lives in my place 
who will share with them what I'd love to share with them myself, how God loves them and God's there for them and their worries can be popped like a balloon. And just like those Olympic athletes who started young and then were ready when the Olympics came, I believe that some of these kids now are going to grow up and this will be part of their DNA. It'll be part of their culture. They'll see the benefit of being in a small group because I don't fall alone anymore. Because circles help us when we fall. Now I know what it's like to be a part of a community with a small group leader and some friends who, who are there with me. I can remember one of our small group leaders telling me, uh, um, Connect Youth, this was a, a while back, he said, you know, I had this group of sixth or seventh graders and uh, they were sharing some prayers at the end to pray for and one wants to make the basketball team and one was struggling with a particular subject at school and then one of these little guys said, my mom and dad have fighting a lot re recently and I'm really nervous, I think they might get a divorce. And just in that moment, he just kind of opened up a little bit. This is obviously something this little guy's carrying inside and was afraid to tell anyone. And just in that moment, felt safe enough in that circle to share that need. And those kids prayed with him that night. And I love that that's happening at this early age so that these kids grow up. Because for some of us as adults, we may not have had that growing up. We may not have had that. So now the thought of being a part of a circle is like, I'm not sure, I'm busy, I'm, I'm tired. I'm, we come up with these objections. But I think circles are better than rows. You see, circles don't just help us when we fall. Listen to what Solomon says in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. He says, also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? The one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. He's saying circles don't just help us um, from falling the first time. The, the circles can actually prevent us from falling. They don't just help us when we've fallen. They can prevent us from falling. Solomon's saying, hey, on your own, you're not going to fend very well. But in a circle, you can prevent a lot of stuff from happening. In a circle, you can keep from being overpowered and broken down. In a circle, there is someone who has your back, someone who will stand with you, someone who can look out for you. He's saying circles can be preventative. Not only will they help you when you fall, they can actually help prevent you fall. I think there are two ways that circles can be preventative. The first is that they can prevent us um, from, from falling to our blind spots. Circles can help prevent our blind spots. We just bought a, a van recently. It's a minivan. It's a little bit newer than the old one we had. And one of the new features it has is on the side mirrors of these like orange lights. And I had no idea that this van even had them. And uh, one day I'm driving and I'm in the right-hand lane and suddenly I see the orange light go on in this mirror. I'm like, what's that for? And then a car passes me. And I start to notice that every time a car passes, there's some sensor on my van that's telling me this car's there. And now I know why this sensor is doing that because recently I was driving and the orange light went on and I thought, oh, I must be broken because I looked in my mirror and I glanced out the window and I couldn't see any car there. Well, then suddenly a car appears and I realize that that car was in my blind spot, that I couldn't see it, but the sensor could. That orange light prevented me from pulling out into a car that I hadn't seen. Have you ever been in a car and you're following two cars in front and you watch the car on the right just start to pull out and you realize... How has he not seen? There's a car right there and you realize it's in a blind spot. And do you do this thing where you're like shouting? Like they're not going to hear you. We're like, dude, dude, there's a car. <laughs> you want to know? 
I'll drive with Casey sometimes. She has this thing when she sees you, she goes, <gasps> and I'm like, what? She always does it. It's terrifying. I'm driving. She goes, <gasps> and I'm like, and she's like, do you see that up there? I'm like, Casey, don't. I thought I was about to do something. I thought there was something happening to me. But you see this and everything in you wants to warn them, but they're doing something that they can't themselves see. Circles help prevent our blind spots. Circles put people in our lives who can often see stuff coming that we can't see ourselves. They can see stuff coming in other people's relationships way before um, they did. Maybe you've been in a circle and you've seen something coming in another person's job and they haven't yet seen it. Or maybe you're part of a circle and you've seen stuff coming in in the kids of this family and they haven't seen it themselves. Or maybe they've seen it in your life. And as the trust builds in that circle, as small groups develop, you'll find yourself in a place where you trust and care about one another enough that you'll be willing, like the guy in the car behind us, say, whoa, whoa. you can't see this, but from where I'm sitting, this is, this is a blind spot of yours, but I want to help you here. And it's hard to hear that sometimes. It's hard to say it. It's even harder to hear it. Case and I have been in groups in the past where we've been really close to other couples in the group. We've seen relationship cracks. We've seen parenting issues, unhealthy choices. We've seen those blind spots. We've, able to, we've been able to speak out of love to these people. And these people have spoken out of love to us. I've had people in my circle say, Dave, it's time to close the laptop. You need to switch off. Because I can do that. I can, I can be 24-7 engaged in something. And I've had people in my circle who see that as my blind spot saying, listen, for the sake of your kids, for the sake of your wife. And it's hard to hear, but I'm thrilled that there's somebody who, trusts, who loves me enough and who I trust enough to let me know when there's a blind spot that I'm unaware of. Circles will help prevent blind spots. You know how else circles can help prevent us from falling? They help prevent isolation. You see, when it comes to falling, isolation can be a problem. I can remember when I was younger, I was in my late teens, and I went on vacation with some friends of mine. There was about six or seven of us went on vacation together, and we were staying in this resort in Europe, and uh, I found out that you could rent a moped and go out around the island and explore. So I was telling my friends, we should do this. And they're like, I'm not doing that. I've never even read a moped, ridden a moped. I'm like, me neither, but come on. We can, we can see the whole island. So it was pretty cheap, and um, they had no helmets available, and I've got shorts and a little short sleeve T-shirt on, and I'm like, I'm doing this. So off I go. None of my friends wants to come. I'm off touring the island. I'm like, this is brilliant. They are missing out. I am seeing some views, and I'm getting to see some stuff that they will never get to see. And I got up kind of higher up into the hills of this particular area in which I was staying. And there was some kind of S-bend curves. And I remember coming up to one of these curves to turn. And as I, as I went to brake, the wheels locked. They hit some gravel. I just started to slide on this moped. And as I'm sure all you motorcycle riders know that when that happens, you just sque- the, the, the thing is to just squeeze really hard. Like the harder you squeeze, the more you'll slow down. That's what I thought anyway, but it was doing nothing. I'm like, break, 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 break. And I'm coming up to the edge. I'm like, no, no, no. And it's like slow motion at this point. I get to the very edge on this little moped. I got my feet down on the side, like, like Fred Flintstone trying to stop here. And I get right up to the edge and it just kind of topples over. And it was like this hill went down to the side. It's the middle of summer. It's a hot place. There's Everything's dry, and as I topple over, there's just this big thorn bush there. Yeah, I go head over heels, me, the moped, right into this bush. 
And as I go in, I could feel it just scratching up my arms, scratching up my legs, and, and then I finish in the bush, bike on top. So I realize that I'm going to go through all that pain again, just trying to get out of this bush in isolation. I was there by myself, no one to help me. I'm climbing out, I'm pushing my bike back up this hill, I'm getting back on it. I'm riding back to the hotel that my friends are staying at. As I pull in, they're looking at me going, what? Because I mean, I'm just scratched and kind of like I've been attacked by a tiger. I was just like, or at least an angry cat, because it was just scratches everywhere, all over me. They're like, dude, what happened to you? Now, I'm not saying that if I'd had friends with me, it wouldn't have happened. Knowing me, it still probably would have happened. But at least there would have been someone there to help lift the bike off and help get me out of there and maybe patch me up before I got back. But the truth is, it doesn't have to be a moped, does it? Every one of us will have things in our lives, circumstances that take place. And it makes a difference, doesn't it, when we're in isolation? In fact, you can think about it like this, like a savings account or a retirement account. Have you ever had one of those moments where um, tragedy has struck, the car's broken down, and you've gone to the bank to, to pay for the repair, and there's just nothing there? Because the truth is that when it comes to things like that, you've got to keep investing. You've got to keep making deposits so that when the withdrawals come, there's something there to withdraw upon. That's what circles do. You may be a part of a small group, and as you get connected, it just may be a very social thing to start with. But over time, you're building those relationships. And then when the withdrawal comes, when the moment of need comes, you're not in isolation. You've got somewhere that you can withdraw from. Relationship, community, a circle that you can withdraw from. So here's my challenge to you here this morning as we wrap up. Two challenges. My first is I want you to be a part of a small group here at Connect. I want you to find a circle here. I love that you come on a regular basis on a Sunday morning. I love that you sit in rows and we don't want to stop that. Please keep coming again and again. But you're just scratching the surface. There's, there's so much more that can be experienced in your own life, in your relationship with God, in your um, role as a husband or a father or a wife or a mother to, to learn and grow with others in community, in a circle. So we want to help get you connected to circles. Here's, here's how we're going to help you do that. You can, there's an orange card on your seat. You can fill that out today. Put your name and address and email and phone number and then just check that box to say you want to get connected. You can drop it off in the foyer on the way out. There's an app we've got, the Connect Church app. You can go on there and you can sign up and say, I want to be part of a small group. You know, we actually are so um, strong in our belief of how important this is that we're, we're currently, we're, we're looking to hire a new position here at Connect Church. We've got some great people on staff here right now, but we feel our next step, it's kind of a step of faith here, is to hire a new position. And that position, one of that person's main roles will be to oversee all of our small groups. There'll be some other persons. It's actually a connections pastor is the name of the title. That's what we're looking to hire. And if you're interested in learning more about that, talk to me, talk to someone else, email the office, text us. But uh, we're looking to hire that position right now because we believe circles are so important that we want someone who's devoting their time during the week to help in build those circles, get people connected to those circles. That's the first challenge. Second challenge this morning is to those of you who are already in circles who are already a part of small groups. We love that you're in those small groups, but can I challenge you this morning? You know, it can be easy to go along to these small groups and sometimes we get busy and, and before we know it, we've missed one or skipped one. Make it a priority in your life. 
Make those circles, make those small groups a priority. Say, this is something that I'm going to say, I'm going to work my hardest to move my calendar around so that I can be in that circle on a regular basis. Because by being in that circle, it's like that retirement account. I'm investing and investing and investing. So if something were to happen, there is a circle that I can draw upon. And as well as making it a priority, be willing, and this is tough, but be willing to be open and vulnerable in those places. We've been in a few small groups, Casey and I, where as we're getting to know one another, a, a couple or an individual will start to share a story that's very personal and very, um, you know, you can tell this is something that they don't tell everyone. This is kind of just really opening up. And it changes the dynamic of that group. You sense the community grow closer together. You sense the relationships grow stronger together. And the person who's opened up, you can sense they feel uh, welcomed and accepted and loved and, and drawn into that circle. So look for a circle to join. If you're already in a circle, keep that as a high priority and be willing to give to that circle. Those are my two challenges for you here this morning. Let's pray. Father, as we think about this idea about circles being better than rows, Lord, I don't think this is just a, um, a philosophy that someone's come up with, Lord. I think this is something you've put inside of every one of us. Even those of us here this morning that would say we are introverted, there still is this desire to be known, to be in a place where someone knows who we are, knows about us, to feel that connection, to feel that community. I don't believe, God, that you called us to live in isolation. So, Father, I pray here at Connect Church, just the very name of our church would be a place that people could feel they would connect, not just with you, but with one another. So I pray, Lord, that people would have the, uh, the courage and the determination to overcome the busyness, to overcome the tiredness, to overcome the fear and say, I want to make a circle a priority in my life. I want to find a way of getting connected and would take that step. As we come into this next phase of Connect's life, Lord, coming into the fall, Lord, and September when new groups will begin, I pray, Lord, that there will be some here this morning by signing up who will join one of these circles and in weeks and months to come, they'll look back and say, wow, I can't imagine going through what I'm going through right now if it wasn't for this circle around me. So help us, I pray, in Jesus' name, amen.